0: And we're back with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And of course, Dr. Gorfinkel, all the COVID headlines the past couple of weeks really have been out of Alberta, which is the country's hotspot uh, right now. Just uh, how many cases, first off, does Alberta currently have compared to what we're experiencing here in Ontario?
1: You know, it's it's just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking because Alberta is one third of the population of Ontario, and yet they have more than two and a half times the number of cases that we do. And I'm not talking about cases per population, I'm talking about absolute numbers. Their numbers are horrific. And not only that, but they have far fewer ICU beds. For every one bed ICU bed there is in Alberta, we have 2.2 ICU beds in Ontario. And again, this is a per capita number, not an absolute number. So per 100,000, we've got more than twice the number of ICU beds. Why is that? I'm not sure, but those are the numbers. So because they have so many more cases, their ICU beds are just totally overwhelmed, and it's a serious problem.
0: Mm-hmm. And we are hearing the fatigue and the frustration from various uh, physicians, doctors uh, out of Alberta. And how can they ease that uh, overload, uh, that burden on their ICUs right now? Uh, do we have an agreement, uh, do you know, here in Ontario to accept some uh, patients out of Alberta?
1: BC has said no, Saskatchewan has said no, and Ontario, I'm proud to say, has said yes. These are human beings, and we should not divide them as somehow separate. And I'm very concerned about that. You know, people who have vaccine hesitancy still have to be included, no matter. There's still individuals, there's still people who need medical care. And what's super concerning in Alberta is that who gets, who does not get the care? So they've stopped surgeries, elective surgeries, chemotherapy patients. They're not getting their chemo right now. I mean, so much has been put on hold in Alberta. It's really, they're in deep doo-doo. And, it's, it's, and we hope to be helpful to them. But so far, they have yet to ship out a single patient.
0: Do we know why, Dr. Gorfinkel, Alberta is in the situation they're in right now? Why their numbers are so staggering? And conversely, why, at least up until you know right now, we here in Ontario have been able to uh, kind of weather that fourth wave uh, storm. Uh, what has the difference been, do you think?
1: I, I would love to to play the pride card in being Ontarian, But ultimately, good governments have to govern. So this is, this is just, I think we're, we're missing that a little bit. And what needs to happen in Alberta, and all, you know, every health expert is saying the same thing. Where are the mandates? The mandates simply are not there. The governments are not governing. So in other words, mandates for masks in schools. We're talking about really basic things. Mandates for vaccination in government offices and, and businesses and retail, simply not happening. What about vaccine passports? Believe it or not, starting September 20th, vaccine passports in Alberta became a thing, but guess what? They're not mandatory. They're actually voluntary. So yes, there are things that could and should be done because we know that it's not just about vaccinations. It's also very much about mitigation.
0: And what is the lesson do you think coming out of Alberta for the uh, rest of us? I mean, I've read various articles, I'm sure you've seen them as well, that uh, saying that they were treating the pandemic like an endemic and it certainly was, uh, you know, far from over and we're seeing that now. Was it just that that they were treating this like it was over far too soon?
1: I think that's a major Problem because you turn the clock back to July and basically what mitigation was there went down and we we are seeing a continuation of that and I'm I'm actually at a loss to explain why that may be large groups congregate, we've got hockey games we've got you know big people's numbers coming together and this is in the face of Delta you know and we know people are carrying when they are infected literally 1,000 times the virus. They are infectious two days before they would have been infectious with the original variant. Can we just ignore the data? We can, but at our own peril.
0: All right. Having said all of that, does something more need to be done uh, in that province? I know the Alberta Medical Association just yesterday were calling for a quote-unquote firebreaker to be instituted in the province. And the Canadian Medical Association, we had their president uh, in the news uh, at the top of the hour here, uh, Dr. Smart talking about that uh, we need that to, as well. So we've got two major health organizations saying it is uh, time to kind of uh, pull the alarm, if you will, pull that uh, firebreaker. Uh, do we need a real drastic? Do you think a uh, measure in Alberta just to kind of stem the tide?
1: Yeah, let's translate that word firebreaker. What does that mean? That's that's medical speak for hard lockdown. In other words, you go out only when you need to. We had this in Ontario at the peak of wave two. And what's happening now? Are they doing that? No. They're, you know So the, it's, it's a major problem. A hard lockdown has been called for for four weeks. And if you look at Dr. James Talbot, now who's, who's that? Well, that's their former chief medical officer in Alberta. He wrote a scathing letter saying we have to listen because if we don't listen, people who need care are not going to be able to get that care. You know, and he's not just talking about the COVID patients who are going to be transferred out of that province. And they are on the precipice of that happening. Where are they going to come? They may well have to come to Ontario, which is great. But what about all the other patients? What about all those elective surgeries? This is not a theoretical problem. This is a very practical problem. When patients don't get their chemotherapy, they die earlier. That happens. So what are we going to do about that? you know, so again, we look to our governments to govern. If it's left as a, you know, you do what you want, it's a voluntary thing, that may work when it's not a pandemic. That may work when hospital systems are not overwhelmed, but that is not the time we are now living.
0: In. And, you know, it's amazing the domino effect uh, some of these decisions uh, have, right? Uh, and you've kind of alluded to a few of those here. I mean, we're looking at accepting a patients here in Ontario into uh, our ICUs, but uh, You know, who knows what the coming weeks and uh, months uh, mean for Ontario and whether or not the fourth wave is going to uh, flare up a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we may need those ICU beds uh, as well. And you mentioned uh, patients that haven't been able to get things like chemotherapy and even things like uh, knee replacements have been put off. And there's stories out now that more and more Canadians are turning to uh, private clinics to get these uh, procedures uh, done. So, I mean, it's, it's a house of cards in a lot of ways, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you could say that, but right now Ontario is in is sitting really pretty compared to Alberta. I mean, our numbers are not just a little better, they're way, way better. Our ICU beds are not at all packed with just COVID patients. It's, it's business as usual. We're seeing the elective surgeries, patients with chemotherapy are getting the services they need. Cancer care Ontario is on top of it. We're trying hard to catch up in what was left behind previously. So that's where we are right now. Could that change? And the answer is, yes, it could. And why would it change? Again, I have to come back to those low-income countries. We are just lucky. And, and that's it's not, it's not skill that did this, it's not great mitigation, but we are just plain lucky that the vaccines we have are effective against Delta. We can't take that for granted. But we have to acknowledge that future variants may not necessarily be that way. I don't say that to fear monger. I say that to be realistic. This is a global problem, ultimately. And it is imperative to balance the needs of Canada with the needs of the rest of the world to make sure if, you know, I get it. We're a small country, but we have to do and we have to set that example to try to make sure that the world is, in fact, vaccinated because their problem is our problem.
0: All right. We will have to leave it there for this week. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, Dr. Gorfinkel, really appreciate the time. And the update, as always, thanks so much. And we'll talk again next week. Many thanks. All right. Vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel uh, with us once again. We'll get a break here on Global News Radio. Stay tuned.